Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we want to thank you for joining us as we continue in our series, Serve Like the King. As always, our goal is to provide quality content for you, our listener, by focusing on current topics and events that are influencing our society, the world of education, and the local church. We are pleased to welcome Dr. Harley I as our guest speaker today. Harley's been a longtime uh, partner of Dallas Christian College and recently returned to the Dallas area with his wife, Dana, who's currently heading up our music and worship arts department. So, Harley, welcome back. Thank you. It's a pleasure good to, to be here. Good to have you. Harley was a member of our Bible faculty here back in uh, 1994 to 2003 when he and Dana were both on staff and he was very instrumental in developing DCC's first online degree program. He's been an adjunct instructor in theology for Colorado Christian College since 2011, has been the chief academic officer for Masters International University of Divinity since this past August, and Dr. Eim is also a published author, having written Vital Signs Monitoring Your Spiritual Health back in 2016. Facilitating today's episode is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, Vice President of Institutional Advancement here at DCC. So, Mark, I am going to turn it over to you and let you introduce episode four of our Serve Like the King series. Well, thanks, Scott. I I really have enjoyed this series. I know uh, Dr. Eddie Sanders came and shared a little bit, and we're we're really taking a look at at Samuel. And uh, I'm, I'm a big big uh, fan of leadership studies and leadership ideas so I'm re- Harley I'm really glad that uh, that you're continuing this and I, I view you as a leader and you've done a lot of ministry a lot of leadership so I'm looking forward to our, our time together so I'm going to turn it right over to you all right I appreciate it Mark and uh, I, I guess I want to start out with a question uh, how do you know you're a leader or or maybe even more importantly how do you know you're the right leader? You know, Harley, I really like that question. I really do. Uh, Miles Monroe says that uh, uh, leadership is like beauty. Uh, you can't really describe it, but you know it when you see it, is <laughs> what he says. Uh, and I like the particular question, how do you know you're the right fit? Because there's a lot of people who say, uh, you know, I know I'm a leader, but yet, you know, uh, are you in the right place at the right time? Uh, yeah, you know, you good good to great is always quoted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's that when you're on the right seat in the bus, and sometimes that that really drives me nuts. You know, I I, I like Scott Spees's idea. You know, uh, you're you're a leader in your lane. You know, you stay mm-hmm. in your lane. Uh, you know, so I I think uh, you know the simple answer is you know you look behind you and there's people following you uh but i think it's more than that i think there's Mm -hmm. a lot more to it than that um so i am looking forward to hearing uh your views on this okay uh yes you know i'm thinking um maybe a great place to do is i'm going to pick up with chapter three of uh, first samuel and in first samuel we're arriving at the very beginning of samuel's leadership that's going to be shaped by god and that's a pretty good blueprint for a leader shaped by god well samuel at this point has no idea that he's going to be a leader in fact 
at this point, Samuel's only a boy. He's ministering before the Lord under the prophet Eli, and it's just a job. I mean, according to Josephus, the Jewish historian in the first century, Samuel's only 11 years old at the time God calls him to be a leader. And it's a time when hearing the word of God is rare. Uh, people are all into themselves. They're not into God. Does that sound kind of familiar? Uh, <laughs> Would you say that was 2022? Yes, exactly. Well, Eli is almost blind. He can barely see. And this particular night, he's lying down in his usual place. And Samuel's lying down in the sanctuary where the ark of God is. And this 11-year-old boy hears a voice call out his name. So he runs to Eli and he says, well, here I am, you called? Eli said, no, I, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Well, it's odd, but he does what he's told. He hears the voice again, Samuel. So he gets up and goes into Eli and says, here I am, what do you need? My son, says Eli, I did not call. Go back and lie down. I imagine this had to be getting a little weird at this point. Interesting fact, it says that Samuel does not yet know the Lord. I mean, he's just a boy, servant. He's just doing his job. Suddenly, for a third time, he hears Samuel. He runs back to Eli and says, what do you need? It's at this point Eli realizes that the Lord is calling the boy. So he says, go and lie down. And if you hear the voice say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel did, and suddenly he hears, Samuel, Samuel. And like his teacher told him to do, the boy says, Speak, for your servant is listening. And that is the beginning of a great leader for God. Mm. First, he listened to his teacher, which led him to listen to his God. How critical do you think that is for each of us if we're really going to be true leaders? You know, Harley, I, I think that's vital. In fact, uh, Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2, he said, we did not follow man's mm -hmm. agenda, we followed God's. And how do you know God's agenda unless you're listening? I think for me, that was the beginning as well. You know, am I, am I ready to listen to what God wants me mm -hmm. to do? Am I listening to the idea of, is this where God wants me not to go? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, not to go. Uh, there's been uh, opportunities in my life where I'm like, God, is this where I'm supposed to go? Mm -hmm. And God speaks, you know, mm -hmm. either through his word or through fasting and mm -hmm. prayer or people that God puts in our lives. I, I think it's huge. Yeah. I, I, I agree with uh, what you just said as far as Samuel. That leadership starts, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and not only that, but... The, uh, Romans 12 mm -hmm. you know, don't conform any longer to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is his good pleasing perfect will so you no longer listen to the world yeah. you listen to God and uh, yeah that, that was the beginning for me is yeah. submitting mm -hmm. to God really and just say okay I'm going to shut up and, <laughs> and you tell me what right. you want me to do yeah, I sometimes think, how in the world can you lead greatly if you first haven't greatly been led? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, 
let me share with you a little bit about my leadership lesson that came along in life because we're always learning hopefully and, yeah. and never closed mine uh, i'd been a pastor for 34 years and during that time i'd taught here at dcc for nine years and then uh, i was an online bible teacher for ccu uh, i was ministering at a church in colorado springs i was pastoring the church and teaching both online and in person for colorado christian at the time and when I was on campus one night teaching a worldviews class, uh, the book that we had uh, were teaching from, and it was my first experience with the book, was Dr. Gordon T. Smith, and he's the president of Ambrose University and Seminary in Calgary. And the book that we were using was called Courage and Calling, an incredible book. And basically, Dr. Smith was saying that great leaders listen to the calling of God. And like Samuel, great leaders say, speak, Lord your servants listening and throughout our life though he pointed out that we go through changes and during those times we need to be sensitive to God's leading if we really want to be a faithful leader we need to listen that uh, because God's leading isn't always easy well there was an example of a student saying God was calling him to be a missionary in Africa for the rest of his life he was committed and the professor asked so what will happen if you and the people there no longer connect your lives change is it fair to say i'm going to stay there because of my past commitment it actually reminded me uh, of a minister friend i had who had been at a church for a long time during his time there the church had split in half uh, the other half over the uh, long amount of time were slowly leaving too and it was getting smaller and smaller it looked like eventually the church could die and I asked him just you know lovingly why he didn't look for another ministry and his response was I made a commitment to God and until I fix what bro was broken on my watch I will never leave well that sounds incredibly noble but if a leader is no longer followed, are you really a leader anymore? Well, the idea of seasons of life that uh, were in that book really hit me, you know. In fact, I even shared it with my students because I said, you have no idea what I'm going through because I'm teaching you this crazy book. <laughs> <laughs> I realize I'm preaching, I'm writing sermons, I'm teaching, I write all my own lessons, I'm leading worship, I'm putting together PowerPoint music, easy worship plans. And you know, I really couldn't do all that and lead well. My good friend Dave Clark from Beloit, Wisconsin once was sitting down with me and he said, you know, Harley, you got a lot of gifts. You really ought to decide which ones you wanna use. I don't let any of my staff do more than two things, period. Otherwise, they're not fully using their gifts. And it's like, ow, you <laughs> did not just say that. And my friend was telling me, Harley, you're leading in so many ways, you can't lead well in any of them. You got to admit it. And he was absolutely right. And at this point in my life, I, I looked uh, honestly and I started taking an inventory of my colleague, especially my colleague at this season of my life why what should i be doing to answer god's call to leadership so that i could lead with excellence i realized i wasn't well I, as i took my inventory i found you know i love preaching i love music i love teaching passionate and i'm not that great at counseling and meetings and ceremonies i endure them but they're not my passion so i look at the process of elimination could i stop meetings oh yeah <laughs> no problem 
Could I stop focusing on preaching? Well, it'd be hard, but I wouldn't have to do it all the time. Could I stop focusing on worship leading my music? Yeah, I wouldn't have to do it all the time. I I could do it part-time. Could I stop focusing on studying and applying and teaching the Bible? Never, not for a day, not in this lifetime. And, And there was my answer, right, staring me in the face. I had entered a season of life when my true calling was to teach if I wanted to be a good leader. Teaching was where I grow the most, and it's where I help others with the most. And, and you know, and I just had to be honest. I was being selfish, and therefore, I was no longer the leader God had called me to be. And like Samuel, I realized what I needed to say was, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Mm-hmm. I spent the next year and a half helping that our church merge with a much larger church that could meet the needs of our struggling congregation and make it a, uh, an extension campus in a very challenging, uh, dying part of town. I took on more online classes and I was teaching for two colleges and I was free to occasionally help another uh, minister who didn't have any kind of backup. So I'm incredibly busy, but I'm focused on one thing and hopefully doing it as well as I can and that's just teaching. And all of that happened because after that book, I began to search within myself, stop for a moment and just say, show me where to lead, Lord. Speak, your servant is listening. Yeah, that's it. That's where it comes to. And and those transitions, you know, they happen. Uh, And they can happen exactly as you were saying, just as a season you know, I used to uh, travel a lot and speak all over the place, uh, primarily to young people. And, and uh, you know, that season transitioned. And I've, I've been around guys that got ticked off about that. Well, you know, they don't ask me to come and do anything anymore because I'm too old. I, it doesn't bother me at all, you know, because God always has uh, something in that transition that I could do for his kingdom. And he tells me, hey, you know, uh, for a season, here's what I want you to do. Um, and like I said, I've, I've seen the other where I thought I lost effectiveness. You know, I was telling somebody, Scott, not too long ago about this church was asking me to come and be their, their uh, lead pastor. And man, that church had growth. I mean, it written mm-hmm. all over it. It was going to grow. And, and even today that church is a mega mega church i mean it's Mm -hmm. a pretty big church and i really felt like god was telling me to go there and uh, i thought i'd lost my uh, leadership my uh, influence with young people i couldn't Mm -hmm. connect with them as well and uh, scott and i were at this camp uh, during that time and man i was the speaker of the camp scott was doing the music and it just it was one of the most incredible weeks ever. And the youth pastor of that of that church on the final night, uh, the youth pastor came up and said, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen a week of camp. And Scott said, oh, we see it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, you're not going to come to our church, are you? And I said, no, I'm not. God had shown me. Hey, I, I'm fine with you staying right where you are, and so, yeah, it, it's interesting. Some things do change, but some things stay the same. And God mm-hmm. puts you 
where he wants you to be and until he says hey it's time to go so uh and you're right as well, man. You know, uh, leadership can be diminished by doing too many things, and I'm mm-hmm. guilty of that a lot. <laughs> I'm learning how to narrow the focus. Yes, <laughs> Scott. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> Although Scott. it's been interesting because my, my life is very much characterized mm-hmm. by that. I think it was whenever I first moved down here from Oklahoma City in the late 80s, and I was working part-time at a, helping with the church, but I was doing – uh, savings and loan work that was what was paying the bills but then a new season opened and I had the opportunity to come here part-time and travel with ministry teams and also stay at the church as a result of that uh, went to Russia with Mark and Caroline Worley Gene Shepherd at the time others uh, that opened up a whole new world that and and that very much was I mean I, I can relate to that experience mm-hmm. that was, yeah. I, I've told people that's as close to my Isaiah 6 burning bush experiences I've ever had in my life and so when that came time for that season to end it was very obvious I didn't really know where I was going to end up again came back here had some options but John Derry was president of Dallas Christian College at the time you and Dana were here Mark and Caroline were here obviously Bruce was still involved with uh, saltines and all that and so it I, I, I really didn't think that's what I would do, but for that season I did. And then in 2016, it was time to go back to a church ministry, which I did in Houston at Northside Christian. And then I'm back here. And, and all of those, it seems, were very clear Where, where he directions. should be. Where he should. <laughs> <laughs> but I think uh, – one question I want to ask you, because I think our listeners, you know, that's great, Harley. You and Mark and Scott and Bruce have all had clear direction. I'm seeking the Lord. I'm trying to hear his voice, but it's cloudy. It's not clear. What advice would you give to someone? Because I, I know there are a lot of, even, you know, we, we hear about all the time in this day, this season of of the world. Right now, it's hard to be a minister in a mm-hmm. church. And so if God's calling you, you think it's time for a new season, what would be your advice to someone that's in their 30s, in their 40s, in their 50s, trying to discern that? I, I think that's part of that, uh, the whole iron sharpens iron. I need to see some people who have made transitions successfully and sit down with them as mentors and mm. help the, get help sorting through it because yeah, you, several heads are much better than one yeah. or several hearts much better than one, I should say. That's good. Yeah, I think I loved uh, in your notes here you said, uh, uh, you know, Samuel first listened to his teacher, then he listened to God. And I think that's very much kind of what our our mission here is at Dallas Christian College, Mm -hmm. and and that's helping students. When they come here as 18, 19, 20-year-olds, we're trying to to introduce them how to hear (laughs) from (laughs) God. And part of that is being humble enough, being teachable enough to be mentored. Right. to learn from people who have some experience and then hopefully after three four five years here in an education then all of a sudden well yeah i can i can discern the voice of god a little clearer mm-hmm. which helps them engage in their calling yeah you know i like what uh, greg pruitt uh the the leader of pioneer bible translators you know he spoke in our chapel and he said this statement or asked this question what if you never said no to god again what if you never said no to God again? And I, one of the things that, that I was just thinking, Harley, out of, out of this passage uh, that you said, kind of in passing there, 
Samuel was already serving. And I think uh, for me, God speaks a lot of times out of my service. You know, I, it's kind of like what you were talking about. I, I go to, I, I serve in Russia and God speaks out of that. You know, I serve in inner city and God mm-hmm. speaks out of that. I, I serve at a camp and God speaks out of that. You know, I, I think that's a big part of it too. Is I think a lot of these guys say, you know, th- that God's voice seems cloudy or something like that. It's because we're, you know, we're sitting around maybe feeling sorry for ourselves, or, uh, you know, we're 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 not tuned in to God. Uh, and what does God want? At the you know, what really matters, Galatians five. What mm-hmm. really matters is faith expressing itself through love. And. I, I think God speak yeah. get busy doing something, you know, and you know, God will speak out of that. That's interesting because uh, I used to, when I was in full time ministry, I used to share sometimes with uh, uh, and with students, and when I was teaching as well, and I would share with them that if I'm looking for somebody to fill a slot to do the Lord's work, the first thing I'm going to say is, tell me where you served throughout college. when you had to sacrifice to be able to do that because you had all these studies and everything else you had to do so what did you do for the lord while you were preparing to work for the lord did you let him prepare you or did you just go to school that's good i've got a young man that i i meet with pretty regularly and we've talked about this if he's listening he'll know this is one of my favorite illustrations (laughs) but i tell him i said you know Jake, I don't really know what God's calling you to do ultimately, but I know that when a ship leaves the harbor, leaves the dock, God can move that ship. If you stay at the dock, there's no way in the world you're going to go anywhere. And so do something. Again, I mean, be reasonable about it, but, yeah. you know, do prayer and consideration. But don't think that what you're doing right now is what you're going to do the rest of your life. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of guys yeah. that come here and say, well, I don't, I don't want to take that worship leading job. You know, I don't want to be there in, you know, 15 years. Well, no one's asking you to do that. <laughs> They're asking you to commit now, and then we'll see what God does in mm-hmm. two, three, four, five, six, seven years. Who knows? But, you know, so I, I, I really appreciate that. I think that's great wisdom. Thank you for sharing. And I, I really resonate well with the process you've gone to say, hey, these are all things I love to do, but here's what I do best. And so I'm glad you're here to share those teaching gifts with us here at Dallas Christian College. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. If you're listening today and you want to know more about DCC, especially our mission of educating and mentoring students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world, we encourage you to check us out at www.dallas.edu. Our mission and our purpose here is to help change the world for Christ one student at a time with an education that is accessible, affordable, and attainable. We are so glad you joined us for this episode of the Serve Like the King series. And we pray that you stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.